The Young Jerks would like to thank Canna Provisions, a legal recreational dispensary, cannabis dispensary in Lee, Massachusetts for their financial support of the Young Jerks program and podcast. Thank you, Canna Provisions. Canna Provisions Group.com, the widest selection of flower and cannabis products of any dispensary in Massachusetts. Canna Provisions Group.com. Hey, welcome. We're live. Mike Crawford, Young Jerks. A lot going on. What's up? What's up? Our phone number is 617-702-2542. I am in a, a rear. Like, I've been in a good mood lately. Wow. I, I, I don't know if I know how, how many times I've said that recently. I think a lot, but wow. I'm just really happy. What, what's making you happy? Oh, everything. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. What we're doing, the show... Uh, Grant Smith, uh, we got another story coming on midnightmass.substack.com about some state hearings at the state house this week. That will be posted later tonight. One of our contributors, our phone number again, 617-702-2542. We might talk about the vape ban tonight. Oh. We might talk about uh, us being in uh, Mass Live, a story about Maine and medical cannabis. We've been talking about Maine and medical cannabis a lot lately. Uh, we might talk about that. Uh, we might talk about our podcast, more more things on there, and a new podcast just recorded today. If you're just watching the live show on Facebook, you're missing a lot. Make sure you're on our podcast as well. The Young Jerks, whether on Facebook, uh, I'm sorry, whether on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, or any of those places. You know all those places. Tune in. We're everywhere. Um, yeah. So check that out as well. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review, please. Midnightmass.substack.com is our website. Again, my name is Mike Crawford. We have a special guest as well, as we always do lately. Uh, she's running uh, for U.S. Congress in the 8th Congressional District. And she's been on the show a bunch of times in the past. But this is uh, a lot to talk about, a lot to catch up on. I don't even know where to start. But I'm just going to say her name out first as well. and we'll go uh, from there. Subscribe. Because she, she touches all the uh, categories for me. All I need to say is Alex Jones. We might get to Alex <laughs> friggin' Jones, Bill Hicks today. I won a lawsuit. Well, I didn't win a lawsuit. Eighth I, Congressional I, District yes. Candidate for Congress, Brianna Wu. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Thanks for coming. Before we start, you, you started the show off talking about the work you're doing. You're killing it, dude. You're absolutely killing us. I said this on Twitter today. I absolutely mean it. You're one of the most important voices in Massachusetts media, and I just want to thank you for it. You raise my consciousness. You make me aware of local issues we need to be hitting, and I am I'm so proud. This is my fourth time to be on your show, so awesome. thank you so uh, well, much. Well, I, I appreciate that. I'm humbled, but uh, i got to uh, mention all the awesome guests, all the uh, great callers, yeah. our community, the, the crew that's part of the show. You you hear a lot of them call in every week. Yeah, uh, They're the ones that like make me happy. I'm Absolutely. really excited because just recently I'm looking at all the shows and the guest lists and just, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, all I do is sit here and ask good questions, yeah, I hope. <laughs> you're provocative. You should give yourself a little more credit. I'm so. doing okay. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm just happy with uh, the work. I like doing the work, you and I feel be. like we're on the right track. Really, really, I'm, I'm tongue-tied. I'm humbled. <laughs> but, Brianna Wu, let's talk about you, because 8th Congressional District, we already mentioned. I, I have a long... Uh, I used to 
get into a little more of the conspiracy theory stuff yeah, way yeah, back yeah. in the ba- day. I was more of a libertarian when okay. I first started yeah. this show. But not you know, this show. I'm just happy show I did the, the, the work. Show. I, um, but one of the conspiracy theories I will never give up, <laughs> which I just love. I think it's like, even if it's not true, it's so good to repeat it. It's like a meme. Because it might, you know, if it's true, it just shows you... Uh, is is Alex Jones Bill Hicks? That's the one I like so much because if it is true, the conservatives are really getting punked, Andy Kaufman style, and yeah. I just want to believe it. And I just think it's funny because you look at uh, Alex Jones. You know, it sounds ridiculous, and you look into it, and you're like, wow, maybe, <laughs> maybe, same best. But this came out. The reason why I'm bringing up Alex Jones today is because you actually. Like, you know, I'm hoping Alex Jones sues me. Like, I want to get sued, Alex. <laughs> sue me. But so far, I, I, I've been talking about this little, this meme, this conspiracy theory about Alex Jones. I've said a lot of things about Alex Jones. One of the things that really, uh, like, people say he's older than me. His age, he's supposed to be 10 years older than me. Yeah. And I'm like, no way is that dude. <laughs> no, no, the same age as me. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be the same age as me. Right. But, he, but if he was Bill Hicks, he would really be 10 or 15 years older than me. Yeah. And yeah. he kind of looks 10 or 15 he, years he older. He doesn't look like he's living the healthiest lifestyle. He yeah. should do some Pilates. Maybe it's the um, hate. Yeah. Well, I but, don't know. but you actually got sued by, yeah, by Alex, Alex Jones. Alex Jones sued me. Um, and I have to be careful because I don't want to end up back in court, obviously. Um, but long story short, he um, uh, there was a story that came out from the Connecticut Post, uh, a reputable mainstream journalism thing uh, basically filled with information from Alex Jones's uh, uh, how can I say this? Sandy Hook? The the Sandy Hook conspiracy and there was a, and through the deposition there was an allegation along there that in discovery with all the documents that were turned over there was uh, child pornography that was given uh, reported according to the Connecticut Times uh, by Alex Jones legal team and their lawyers came out and made that public. I tweeted this story. Um, I surmised this story in a tweet, and I ended up sued by Alex Jones over that. Um, Long story short, I had a wonderful attorney I worked with. His name is Bill Moran. If you're being sued by someone who is also currently engaged in legal action by the uh, Sandy Hook families uh, that survived, I can highly recommend him. But long story short, uh, that, that case has gone away, which I'm very happy about. Which is one of many losses for Alex Jones. I know I'm <laughs> joking around about Alex He's Jones, but Sandy year. Hook is very yeah. serious to yeah. me, and uh, I'm really glad that you add on. Yeah. To another loss that he's had yeah. recently, like yeah. he's he's going to be bankrupted. It looks like here. I hope so. Um, yeah. He also sued in, in the same lawsuit that you were sued in. He he sued Andrew Kimmel. He, yep. Who's on Twitter? I've actually interviewed uh, Andrew about oh, his he's father. He's I a great love guy. Him. Love him. And Andrew said, like, you know. I'm mentioned in the lawsuit, like I'm being sued, but then they never mentioned me at <laughs> right. all in the lawsuit. Right, like, right. like, why am I being sued? And the best part of the lawsuit is if you read it, there are all these inexplicable typos in it. Like he says, they're seeking a jury trail. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, 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 it, it was, it's hard to escape an impression that it might be possible that he doesn't have uh, the best legal team in the business working for him. So, um, well, if he did, he yes. keeps firing them. I think that's uh, half the problem. He's been through like how many attorneys right. apparently? Our, our president seems to have the same problem. Like he doesn't uh, have many attorneys that stick around for long. So, yeah, obviously, I'm happy it's over with. And I can focus on my campaign for the people of Massachusetts District Eight. And so. People who don't know, I always have to remind myself, not everyone knows who Alex Jones is. <laughs> Alex Jones is a conspiracy theorist. Yep. Uh, 
self-described one of the dangerous, you know, most dangerous men in America, and yeah. I would agree with that. <laughs> he really, he he's somebody who is uh, pretty damn awful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and a was, liar, yeah. and a proven liar. He, he has no journalistic uh, ethics. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's an act. Um, he's very similar to Milo Giannopoulos, in my opinion. Um, but what I thought was so funny is the Times had a, a piece from one of his uh, former employees the other day. I found out Alex Jones drives the exact same car my husband does, <laughs> a pitch black Dodge Challenger. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> if that's not the most Alex Jones slash Frank Wu car, it's just perfect. Like, you know my husband. Yeah. He's this fun-loving guy. So He's a good guy. Oh, He's, he's outside uh, moving the car around because <laughs> yes, he can't is. find parking. Yes, he's like it. the guy. He's, he's awesome. a great guy. He's a great guy. And again, our phone number six one seven seven zero two two five four two with with uh, congressional candidate for office running in the eighth congressional district, Brianna Wu. When is the election? Is it this upcoming November? It's September. We don't have a final date yet. That will be set by the Secretary of State very soon. September so, 2020. Uh, of 2020. That's correct. And you're running against Stephen Lynch and there are other candidates as well? No, there are not. Just you and Just Stephen Lynch? Just me and Stephen Lynch as far as I know. I haven't checked the papers this week, but as far as I know, that's accurate. Okay. Because yeah. I saw a couple other people mentioning there were other candidates. I, don't, I haven't really looked into it myself. We haven't. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen it's it. It's a ways away. Maybe they're just thinking about it, too. I don't know if they're official yet. Ballot access doesn't even happen for another, what, three months? Right. So we, we got we'll time. We'll see what happens. Absolutely. Um, but you ran last time against him. I did. Him. Uh, you, you had a pretty good turnout. I did. First time. For a first-time candidate that didn't know what the frack they were doing, I think I did pretty well. Um, you know, um, I'd never run for office before. I saw our country on fire. I wanted to stand up and fix it as best as I could. And, um, you know, we got almost 25% of the vote. 17,000 people looked at me and looked at Stephen Lynch and said, I'm with Brianna Wu. And you've got to realize he has a 20-year head start on me. He's been out there for 20 years meeting people. So we've worked very hard, and we're going to build on the success of last time. I certainly don't think he's shown any behavior in the last two years that's going to bring those other people back in. So we're going to be out there running a more professional campaign, a bigger campaign. We're raising a lot more money. We're building up a larger operation. We have more volunteers. Like, we're we're ready to win. You're ready to win, yeah. and you're running to win. That's important. Absolutely. Well, it's like, I mean, did you figure out how to be a good journalist in the first two years you were doing this? Like, you got better every year you were working at I it, hope right? so. I yeah. try. Well, <laughs> I, I think it's very much the same way. For me in engineering, it took me a lot longer than two years to get good at that. So, you know, success builds on success. And I think we've got to... You know, we love to think about politics like a like it's a sporting event, right? Like you go and you win, and it's like years of commitment and relationships and, and getting to know people and and understanding what issues really touch in your district. Um, if you'll notice this time around, um, from Gamergate, I was much more of a, a national feminist figure. This time around, like I've met enough people in my district, they don't want to hear about Silicon Valley. They want to hear about college affordability. They want to hear about Medicare for all. And those are the issues that we are focused on like a laser this time. Okay, um, let's talk about that because I definitely want to talk about uh, Silicon Valley in some yeah. respects too. <laughs> but I, I think those other issues, how do we make like college more affordable? That's a big one. It's huge, isn't it? Um, I think the very first thing, um, you know, for me running a game studio, something that uh, really disturbed me is I can't tell you how many people went to get a $100,000 degree from a private, in, in, um, a private university and would come in my door and they would show me their work 
and they would be unemployable. They spent $100,000 on a college degree to do game development, and they're unemployable. They'll have to pay back all that debt. I think that we need to do a massive investment in our state schools because the, the, the benefit is higher, the cost to benefit ratio is better for people, and there's not these exploitive controls with it. So I think that's the very first thing. I think secondly, we've got to stop running colleges like for-profit businesses. It's just a model that's fundamentally failed. So we need to get in there and we need to be disruptive and we need to ask ourselves hard questions like why are tuition rates skyrocketing? I looked at what it was at UMass Amherst the other day. It blew my mind. Um, yeah, I'm not that old. I'm in my early 40s. And when I went to school, it was $2,250 a semester at the state school. We got to get back to something like that. And I agree with Bernie Sanders that college should be free. Wow. Um, and again, a phone number 617-702-2542. And true, when I went to college, it was uh, somewhat affordable. You could work uh, during the summer, during the year, and pay off a lot of your tu tuition as a student. Yeah. I don't think that's possible anymore. Oh, it's impossible. Absolutely no. Even impossible. at state schools. This is why I don't get in Massachusetts. I pay a lot of taxes here. I'm happy to do that. Why are our state schools so unbelievably expensive? Where are Massachusetts families supposed to send their child to school if they just want a reasonable middle-class start in life like I had? Where did they go? Because our state colleges are not affordable by my budget, I don't know about yours, but I couldn't just go drop $100,000, $50,000 right now. Um, we're really failing. And I think there are real questions for the people of Massachusetts to have why we pay so much in taxes and working class people seem to get none of the pie. Now, you mentioned Medicare for all. That's obviously a big yep. national issue right now in the yep. presidential campaign, especially the Democratic primary. There's the big uh, split between Medicare for all versus if you want it, you can you can get it. <laughs> the Pete Pete grew. Uh, I mean, where do you, where do you stand on it? Do you think there's a big difference? Do you think this is about uh, a talk about nothing, or do you think this is really important? The distinction. I I think it's time. Uh, so I'm an engineer, Mike. And when I think about problems, I think about what the root variable is. And the root variable that's making our, our, our health care so expensive in this country is everyone's gone in there and they've figured out how to get their slice of the pie. I was talking to someone the other day that had cancer and a routine skin test to see if that cancer came back a decade ago, it cost a couple hundred dollars. Today it costs $200,000. The same test. Absolutely unbelievable. So, you know, all these people are figuring out how to profit from it. And they, the drug companies actually figured out how to go to Congress and say, you know what, even though uh, Britain will negotiate drug passes, prices in bulk, here in the United States, we are forbidden from doing that. So what I like about Medicare for All is it gets to the major variable. Why, why is our health care so expensive? It's not lawsuits. It's because it's a profit center for corporations. So I think when we go to these drug companies and we say, okay, you've got this great drug on the market, but let's be honest, we have this generic over here that works pretty darn well. Give us a good price on this or we're just gonna take our business elsewhere. I, I just, I think it just makes so much more sense. Uh, we've got to get profit out of healthcare. It's just obscene. That's uh, Brianna Wu running for 8th Congressional District in Massachusetts, running for U.S. Congress against incumbent Democrat Stephen Lynch. Uh, you're going to get the vote for her if you're in that district in September of 2020. Yep. Uh, we have a lot of other uh, questions and issues. 617-702-2542 is the phone number if you want to call in and ask a question. 
or talk about anything we've brought up already today. Um, one thing I want to ask about local, this yeah. is like a big, I think we asked you about this last time, but it's, it's a big issue. Yeah. Probably the biggest issue I think in the district for a lot of people, it's this Weymouth gas oh. compressor station. What they're going to, they're going to go through with this and everyone in Weymouth doesn't want it. It's everyone in the surrounding community doesn't want it. Like what can, can we do about that? It's disgusting. Um, I think the truth is the, it's, it's so disheartening to see our governor just ignore everything anyone has said on this, ignore the community. Just to give your listeners a little bit of background, uh, there's a uh, compressor plant for natural gas in Weymouth. And it is, um, we don't get the gas, um, and they're putting this plant right next to a water treatment facility in four separate schools. And these plants, um, just look at the statistics, they have a way of causing health problems for the people that live there, and they have a way of occasionally exploding. That's just the reality of it. This is a clear danger to the community. And, and when it explodes, it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. This is uh, even worse than die, like, you know, yeah. what probably happened in Lawrence, which it, was horrific. Absolutely. So the, if, if there was benefit for the state, I could see I might be for it. But there's no benefit for us and the the they could have moved it to a safer location they were unwilling to do that so when i think about crooked corporate politics in our commonwealth this is a perfect example because the community doesn't want it it's just the the rich elite politicians that's what they want so it's just uh it's disgusting why does governor baker go along with this because he's their boy right like this is these are his people he's a, a republican he's going to stand up for the elite you know the t is fundamentally broken if i were the governor that would be my number one thing next to climate change would be fixing the damn t can right. i say yeah damn yeah, on the yeah show? Uh, okay absolutely. good i would fix the damn t you know instead he's worried about these corporations making a ton of profit here it's just absolutely stomach churning is there anything if you win Let's say that, you know, in November, actually January. Let's say when I win. Yeah, when you win. When January win. 2021, you're sworn into office yep. as a U.S. congressional district. Is there anything you can do at that point to stop this Weymouth compressor station? Yes. I've, and it's a bigger thing. I'd have to have more people uh, working with me. So I'm an engineer. So when I look at a problem, I go, I don't pull it out of thin air. I go talk to experts. And um, I actually didn't know this until last year. Um, during the Bush administration, Bush 43, um, Dick Cheney passed a lot of uh, presidential regulations that basically TLDR let these companies come in and do what they want without any kind of environmental oversight. I would love to see Congress roll that back and say, you know what, you do need to go to these communities. You do need to get permission here because this is, you don't have a right to put our children in danger, our homes in danger. This is our land and you need to come to us. Now, natural gas, yep. it scares the crap out of me. I gotta yep. be honest. And yep. I have it coming in my, my condo and, uh, We've had Quinton from, you know, city council from Cambridge on. He's one of the leading advocates on, you know, environmentalists locally. Yeah. And he's talking about uh, just getting rid of natural gas yeah. in the city of Cambridge and having it replaced. Um, would you kind of push something like that of statewide? Because I, I look at what happened in Lawrence and, and now it's happening in uh, Brookline. Yeah. Like did this gas issue with the leaks. They're everywhere all across the state. Yeah. And it's affecting us and it's dangerous. It could blow up again. 
you, would you support that? Just I get arena natural gas in Massachusetts, outlawing. So I want to be clear. Again, this is my engineer part of my brain. Yeah. I, I'm not an expert in energy production, so I want to go talk to experts and make sure that I'm doing the right thing and understand all the situation. But for me sitting here right now, that makes a lot of sense to me. When I think about the United States energy production 100 years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we have got to quadruple down on renewables because of climate change and because it's where the jobs of the future are going to come from and because it's just better technology. I'm sure that the next car I buy is going to be electric. So I think it's time for us to realize that this infrastructure is not going to be the plan for the United States 100 years from now. We need to start moving towards the future. And this is so important, Mike. Right now, China is dominating us on patents when it comes to green energy and renewable energy. And if we are not careful, the people that are going to be controlling the future on this are not going to be Americans. They're going to have the key technology. So we've got to focus on this, not just because it's the right thing to do environmentally, not just because this is the safest thing to do, because if, if we care about the economy and national security, it is imperative we get serious about this. Again, uh, phone number 617-702-2542. If you want to call in, we're speaking to 8th Congressional District uh, candidate Brianna Wu from Massachusetts. Uh, a lot of different issues we want to get to. Uh, one of the ones that's obviously one of the big national issues is immigration. Yeah. Where are you on immigration? How does it compare to someone like Stephen Lynch? Well, can I just say... Um you know, Stephen Lynch, I've, I've certainly never seen him at any of the rallies talking about what's happening to children being tortured in, in cages. Um, I, I don't want to upset your audience, but there was a story just two weeks ago about a, a child denied health care in an ICE facility, uh, utterly preventable. And this kid went into, uh, you know, um, his organs started to fail in the cell and he had a seizure and he died right there, completely mm. preventable. That is torture, in my opinion, it is cruel and it's going to be one of the most lasting legacies of the Trump administration. So um, I, I do want to be honest with you and say I am of the opinion we need to take care of Americans first, right? So when I think about, um, you know, there was an op-ed in the New York Times a, a while back talking about, let's just have open borders. I'm not that kind of liberal. I want to take care of our people and our jobs first. Um, but at the same time, you know, um, my husband's company, you know, he has people, about half of the people there are not from the United States. They brought in experts from all around the world. The game industry and the tech industry, same thing. So we do need to have immigration. We need it to be reasonable. We need it to be safe. And what I think people don't understand, Mike, and this is so important, is, you know, our economy here is, is so much more fragile than I think people know. Um, Silicon Valley could happen in a lot of different countries. France is trying to replicate it. Russia is trying to replicate it. China, Israel, China, China, right. China certainly is. And if the best minds in the world don't feel safe coming here for conferences, for venture capital, to start up new businesses, they have other options. So what is going on here is so destructive for our economy in the long run. What, what's the answer then? The answer is, well, first of all, we stop torturing children and throwing people in cages. We stop all that horror today because our soul is being tainted. We are being damaged by this horror. That needs to stop right away. 
Um, but beyond that, I think it's really key that we look at these immigration policies and balance it in a way where we can bring people into the country, but we can also make sure we're not, you know, Facebook is, is famous for this. Uh, when, the, when the H-1 visas come out, uh, Facebook and three other companies have applied for, I believe it's 85% of it on day one, these three major companies. Right. And they do it because they don't want to pay Americans Extra. a major American wages right. for it. They want to lower their cost. So you have these companies that are abusing the visa system, and I do think we need to put a stop and to that. I, I know that we're going to have a big employment problem, a lack of having people. I mean, we're seeing it locally with snowplow drivers. Yeah. We don't have enough snowplow drivers. Pretty soon we're not going to have enough tradesmen. We're not going to have enough. Uh, you know, I, I've noticed, too, since Trump's been in office, uh, my landscaping, they're having, hire, they're having trouble hiring people yeah. when they lost the immigrant help. Uh, we have a phone call. Who's on the phone? Hey, Mike, it's John. How you doing, buddy? Good. Who's this? This is John. John. What's up, John? John Paul. Nothing, buddy. We were uh, sorry, I'm trying to figure out some time differences between the Facebook feed and the phone call here. How you doing, man? Good. I'm still trying to figure out who the heck this is because it sounds <laughs> like I should know. It's echoing. Uh, John Paul. I got a swimming pool and uh, some girls in it. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a swimming pool and something else. I don't okay. know. Okay. I'm missing something. And some girls in it. And some girls. Okay. Do you have a question for uh, Brianna Wu today? You know, I'm not in Brianna's district, and you're, you're going through stuff kind of fast. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm not in her district. But, you know, I like some of the things she's, she's talking about, absolutely. Um, I mean, I got a girlfriend that has her, uh, her, her daughter in, in uh, UMass, and, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. And for, for, for a family that's, I mean, she's making some, some moderate money, not great. But uh, it's a different circumstance than me. I'm making nothing, but I have better health care than, than she does. And, you know, I can get MRIs at the doctor's recommendation. It's going to cost her $3,000 to get one, oh. and she pays for it. That's just obscene. That's yeah. obscene. Health care is such a scam now. Yep. I agree. Um, you know, my husband and I, we bought our first house this year, and I worry every day. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how much you make. It doesn't matter if you have a house. It doesn't matter what your income is. If you have a serious illness, the odds are 50% you're going to go bankrupt and lose it all because our health care costs are so high. There's no way to save yourself from this ex exploitation. So that's, that's what keeps, uh, like, so many of us up at night now. Of course it is does. Is worrying about if we get sick. What happens? We're going to get bankrupted. Right. And what's going to happen to our partner? Every, everything I've fought for my whole life. And that's not sustainable. And I just, I, I really mean this, Mike. I want us to, so many of the arguments I see are so stupid and so pointless. I don't want to see whatever drama is going on Twitter. I don't want to see about, you know, who said what stupid in the press this week. I want to see our leaders focus like a damn laser on fixing our health care because I'm tired of this garbage. That's what I like. Again, this is why I'm so happy again because this is what we do. We just talk about these issues. We yep. don't get into all that other BS mostly. John, your first time calling? Is this your first time calling? Absolutely. Oh, I love yep. first time callers. Yep. Do, you, do you have any follow-up on this, uh, on what, you know, Brianna well, or anything you know, else? I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a unique situation. Well, I'm probably not. It's probably not unique, but uh, for just situation being what it is through a divorce and losing a house. I went through bankruptcy in 2010, oh. which is the only reason that I have great health care now. I have free health care. I can get rides to the doctor, but I don't make anything. You know, my income is technically zero. Yeah. You know, I have this bankruptcy. My, my credit's shit. 
fortunately, I live in Massachusetts, so I have great health care for having nothing. Now, if I had a little bit of something, I almost, I, I basically wouldn't have anything after paying for the health care, yep. well, which my, is the situation uh, my girlfriend's in. That's where I'm she at. Has, they, yep. they, yeah. She makes enough money exactly. that she has to pay, but by the time she's done paying, she's financially in where I am, Nothing making left. no money and getting free health care. So where's the incentive to, to do anything? To work, I know. This is the problem, because I'm, I'm in the same situation as you, John. I make too much money now, <laughs> and uh, but then they take what I make for health insurance. So I either go, you know, and pay the ridiculous prices or I don't have it at all. And if you do have it, it only covers like nothing. So why bother having it? And I'm young. I don't really need a doctor, hopefully, uh, generally. Well, well, no, we're kind of different. Maybe you misunderstood, but I'm 50. I've had back issues for the last 10 years. But, you know, I work since I was 18. You know, I, I just got approved for Social Security disability. I'm probably more to the right than I am to the left. Although I use a ton of social services, and I appreciate them. I paid for them. I, I, I don't mind paying for other people to use them. It, it's, it's, you know, it's how we run. That's what they're but, for. You know, and, and, John, I, mean, I have to say this. There is such a huge human cost. The story you were telling me is completely not uncommon. I hear it from people in the district all the time. Humans need purpose to feel good about ourselves, to have full fulfilled lives. And I know so many people, they're having to put their dreams on hold yes. because they're afraid of losing their health care. Yeah. It's just unconscionable. So yeah. I, I, I just want to tell you, it's what you're saying is personal to me. And I, I will fight like hell to make sure this gets solved because it's, it's just not acceptable. And Mike, I've said this to you before. When I get elected, I am going there to do the right thing. If I lose an election, I don't care. I don't want to be a politician for the rest of my life. I want to go there. I want to get climate change under control. I want to get health care passed. I want to get the American government back to the business of the people. And then I want to get back to the work I love because I'm a good engineer. That's right. Thank you for calling, John. Please You're keep, welcome, Mike. Thank you for your support, buddy, too. I'll talk to you. Take excellent. Care. Please keep calling, too. Call back again. Absolutely. Be good, buddy. Bye-bye. You, too. Thanks, Brianna. Thank you. Good first-time call from John. Yeah. Um, I didn't know where he was going to go, but he was good. <laughs> he seems like a good guy. Yeah, he was yeah. a good guy. And, you know, he brought up a lot of issues, and I'm glad you mentioned something that just, so, like, another reason why I'm so happy. I'm bringing it back to me, but I was there. Like, you know, you get so worried about, like, if, when you go self-employed, because that's what I am. I'm self-employed yeah, now. Yeah. I, I have a dog care business, and I have, you know, this, this other media stuff that we do. But so much of my fear was oh my god i'm gonna give up the life the uh, health insurance yeah. and i'm gonna and it's still a fair for me and so many people and i don't have you know like you know i have some i had cancer when i was younger oh gosh um, I didn't know and i've been cancer free for a long time oh, good. i got the back issue but i'm not someone that really is on any prescriptions that's going to a doctor yeah. you know it could happen i could end up there and then i would actually go you know to the health connector and get insurance as quick as i could but right now i have no health insurance and i'm choosing to do that and i'm paying the fees and all that um but for so many of us that's why we don't chase what i wanted to do is do this stuff and to have a dog company and and i did it but for so many of us we can't do that because we're stuck we we, we have ms we have this we have whatever it is and we can't give up our life insurance and we can't take that chance and i think that if we do offer whether it's the option of a medicare for all for everybody or just automatic medicare for all which i think is the difference between the two democratic platforms if we just offer that 
you know how many small businesses will create? How many people will be like, you know what? I'm giving up this office job. I'm going to go follow my dreams. And if, if, if only a quarter of those are successful, right. we'll have an American Renaissance boom. I mean, so many people would be self-employed. That's what's stopping a lot of people of from chasing their is. dreams. And people don't know this, but the number of new American businesses that are being made is drastically down. It's because, because of, of the f- It's exactly because of And because of you that. can't hire people, too. That's the other thing. It's and so expensive education, to hire people. education, that's expensive. People feel trapped right now. You know, I, I think a lot about the big variables. Like, why are we so angry with each other? And I think a lot of it is, it doesn't matter if you're on the right or the left, this system is failing all of us. Right. It's failing my neighbors, it's failing my family. And it's, it's just, it's so obvious, it's tilted towards these elites. And this is why, like, I understand why so many people on the right looked at Trump and pulled that lever for it, because they saw a system that was fundamentally not working for them. They made a terrible decision. But they're thinking about it not, they're thinking about Washington not working for them was correct. Their vote was wrong. And I just think that the next generation of politicians, we've got to get away from looking out for the billionaires and the millionaires. We've got to focus on ordinary working people. And I got to say this, Mike, one of the biggest blessings of running for office is before I did this job, I was sitting there and I'm a software engineer and I'm talking to Silicon Valley people all day long and that's my world. This got me off of that and I'm out there talking to people that work on cars. I'm talking to people that work in social services. I'm talking to police. I'm talking to firefighters. You meet so many people that are not like you and you come to realize we're all facing the same problems. It's, it's, it's really beautiful. Excellent. Our phone number again, 617-702-2542. We're speaking to our guest, a live in studio guest, Brianna Wu. She's running for the 8th Congressional District, District. Uh, U.S. Congress. Yes. It's, uh, you know, hopefully she'll be in Congress in 2021, uh, joining AOC and Ayanna Presley and some of the other great people that have recently been elected. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of issues, I mean, with, that we could talk about. I'd like to go to one that I, I've seen you talk. I think you're one of the leading experts on this is... Uh, Social media, the power of Facebook, Twitter, and all these social media um, platforms. What should we do about it? Because there's been so many issues from uh, the right wing using it, the Nazis, to uh, the Russian BS, to the monopoly of it. Like, how do we handle Facebook? Let's be very clear. This This is information warfare that we're talking about. You know, Russia cannot topple the United States by a military. They can't topple us economically. Uh, The way they've been very successful in targeting us is turning Americans against each other with information warfare. So what they do is they buy ads in rubles and they try to divide us and spread disinformation. Um, And it's it's very concerning. Um, I rose to national prominence during Gamergate, which was the first, uh, the 1.0 of information warfare leveraged against women in the tech industry. I had bricks thrown through my window. I had extreme death threats. I had rape threats. They made a Law & Order episode about. this Which is I serious. Viewed. That was a crazy. Oh, it's so dumb. Episode. It's so dumb. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. It's I did true. like the part where Ice T shot Gamergate on the roof. That was great. Um, but <laughs> excuse me. The the bottom line is here. You know, it's easier for social media to just ignore this. 
it's easier for social media to just pass the buck on this. We are seeing that this is genuinely hurting our discourse and our society. So Facebook can't keep just shrugging and saying this isn't our problem. It is. So what do we do about Facebook and how do we get them to <coughs> so deal with it? I'm getting over strep throat, everybody. Yeah, I know. We should, we should that. mention that. Yeah. This is your first time out since your strep throat. It is. I've been in the uh, office for an entire week. Um, so there are a lot of things we need to do. We need to regulate Facebook. Um, so right now, let's say I had a bone to pick with you, Mike. Yeah, I wanted to put out some ads on Facebook that said, Mike is a drunk and a terrible guy that does this, and he ran nude through the streets on St. Patrick's Day Parade. There's nothing stopping me from doing that. There's nothing whatsoever. I could write anything about you and put you on Facebook and they'd take my money and you'd have your reputation destroyed. If I tried to do that same thing on traditional newspaper, um, I would pay huge FEC fines, right? So we need to hold Facebook to the exact same standards that we do traditional media, like newspapers, television, all of that. Um, additionally, I do think we need to take Facebook before Congress. They need to open up the algorithm and show that to us. Uh, these algorithms tend to amplify our biases um, on every single side, and they're really being used to divide us against each other. I know this is a bit controversial. I personally support uh, Twitter's ban on Facebook ads, on, uh, on political ads. Yeah, it hurts me, but I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, I can tell you firsthand, I've seen that API. I've seen how it can be weaponized, and the, the danger is just too great. So micro-targeting and misinformation is a great way to destroy a democracy now Elizabeth uh, Warren had a proposal to kind of split up some of these companies and yeah. basically saying like you know Facebook if you own the marketplace you can't advertise in the marketplace you can't play both sides yeah um, which would also affect like Apple big time because yeah. they have their Apple you know, I don't support that one but you yeah. don't No. how far would you go to breaking up any of these companies do you think some of them need antitrust like yes. Facebook Absolutely. So let's just put this in context. Uh, Google paid about a half a billion dollar fine through the EU, I believe it was three years ago, for the largest antitrust violation in history. And what they were doing is putting their own products ahead of competitors, That's basically right. cheating with the search engine to make sure they won. Not acceptable. Um, this Which they is, were doing with YouTube videos too. I know that you know also, over like other like you know other companies that they don't own. Absolutely, YouTube is a huge problem with this as well. So, look, I don't think the United States government needs to be picking winners and losers in the technology marketplace. I feel very strongly about that. But uh, when I was a teenager, the government sued Microsoft. Um, you know, over Internet Explorer because they tried to bundle Internet Explorer along with their um, along with their operating system. And as a result of that, today you have much more competition. If you want to surf the web anonymously, you have Tor. If you want to surf uh, the web faster, you have Chrome. If you want to surf the web in a battery efficient way, you have Safari. That decision made the marketplace better for the rest of us. So I do want to empower the DOJ to pursue antitrust. I'm not an antitrust lawyer, but when I look at the way Amazon behaves, it sure seems very anti-competitive to me. Now, the one thing I differ from Elizabeth Warren on is she wants to break up the Apple Store, break up the App Store from the iPhone. And the reason I don't support this is because I'm a cybersecurity expert. And if you do that, you, the reason I buy an iPhone as a congressional candidate is because it's the most secure option that's out that's there. True. So if they separate those things, that means 
every iMessage I send you, if you're using a different app store, yeah. my exposure increases. That's right. The risk of somebody spying on your phone drastically increases. So I think it's actually good that we have an Android operating system. So if you're willing to accept that risk and you want more control, here's a choice that's better for right. you. I prioritize cybersecurity very highly. Apple is a choice for me. So there's not a way to break up Apple in the app store without doing it. That said, Apple's getting into the TV business now. They've been in the music business. Right. They're getting more vertically integrated. So I think if they, if they step out of line on those businesses, I would very much support the Department of Justice, Justice uh, scrutinizing them. Awesome. Uh, we're speaking of Brianna Wu, uh, running for U.S. Congress, 8th Congressional District, running against incumbent Stephen Lynch. Um, one that came up. When, I don't know if it was the last time you were on the show, but we've talked about cannabis. Yeah. Um, and we talked specifically about federal expungement. And there was a call uh, from Sean Birdie, I believe, and he's posted more. And, you know, some people weren't happy about what went down there. They, they feel like you only went so far on cannabis expungement for possession. Okay. And they feel like you should have gone towards felony as well. Okay. And to include, because he was a felon. He's a uh, person who got caught growing uh, too many plants. Huh. Federal government decided to make an example of him as a felon. But, you know, we, we found off, and this is a, like something we can document this fact, but we believe yeah. he was charged yeah. federally because he was a firefighter in the city of Boston really? who wouldn't drug test. Their union really? blocks cannabis testing. Okay. And the feds didn't like it. And so that's why we think he got made an example. And people His name it. was Sean, by the Yeah, Sean Birdie. Sean, if you were listening, I could tell you something. I don't know everything. <laughs> it's a miracle. I don't have like a, a, a nipident knowledge of everything. So if you want to come in and talk to me about this and I'm wrong on this, I please prove me wrong. Would you do expungement for felonies as well for right, cannabis? Right now where I'm sitting right now, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I would so you love think to, people should be jailed for cannabis? No, I don't. Or have, I think, have marks against the record? I, I think for nonviolent possession, certainly we need to expunge. Um, I, I want to be honest, I haven't thought that much about felonies. Um, it Sitting here in this chair, it doesn't make sense to me this second to do that. If I'm wrong, if I'm missing a perspective on that, no, absolutely. That's what I'm, I'm offering yeah. now because I'll offer it. I mean, I have <laughs> friends uh, like Stephen D'Angelo. He was federally charged, you know, serving patients. Now he runs like the largest legal... <laughs> Cooperative dispensary in California, yeah. Harborside. That sounds um, nonviolent. There were a yeah. lot of people uh, during a certain time who took chances to help patients. This week, I took a chance on my medical card right. and talked about me going to Maine and back and forth and breaking the law and encouraging people to break the law because Massachusetts really hasn't been standing by patients. And I yeah. think there's a long history of that in right. the cannabis space. And a lot of those folks got felonies, and they're you know they're still on the record. So but I, I said nonviolent, nonviolent convictions wouldn't that include. Well, it, it, would that include f uh, felonies? I, I don't the know the law. Or is it possible to be? I guess it. Yeah, would you be could. Possible. Oh yeah. Although almost every felony on the federal <laughs> level doesn't even have to do with the violence. A lot of times, if it's someone didn't get hurt, we different. should expunge them. How okay. is that? Okay, <laughs> I like that. If there's not That's a victim, the we should do it. So for cannabis, with there was no violence, you would you would that expunge makes sense it. to me. Yeah, there yeah, we go. Absolutely. We're there people <laughs> if you have any yeah because I, I know people are listening if you want to call in and 
and follow up, definitely do so. 617-702-2542. But I think that will keep our cannabis audience happy, hopefully. Uh, I want to ask another question that came in uh, from one of our uh, supporters, Grant Smith, I mentioned him earlier. Yeah. He wanted to ask you about British election results. Oh, God. What a horror. I'm sorry to any of your listeners in the UK. That is, that is rough. Yeah. Uh, just my overall thoughts with that. Yeah, and what happened? Because I'm not even a really, I have heard something about it, but what really happened here? So, can I be honest? I focus so much on my own race that I have not read that much about it. I mean, obviously, uh, Boris Johnson won, conservatives won, uh, and Brexit, no deal is going to continue through as it is. And it looks like the British economy is going to suffer accordingly. Um, the NHS, they're... You know, Medicare for all system, if you will, that looks like that's on the line. Um, British people could be experiencing American style health care very soon. So um, I don't know what to say other than I'm very sorry to my friends there. And I think it's a really damn good reminder. Everyone out there better go vote in November of 2020. You better get over whatever you've got and go vote. What, because do, you, what do you think will happen here? Uh, do you think that's going to be similar result? Are we going to no. No, I think I see people there fired up. They're ready for a change. I've never seen people so activated and ready to win. We won the midterms, and I think people saw that, and they're ready to carry it all the way. What I do worry about, and I'm, I just got to be real with you here, Mike, if Joe Biden is our nominee, I desperately worry how it's going to affect the election. My opponent, Stephen Lynch, has endorsed Biden. Um, I certainly am not. Uh, I think it's going to be so hard to get young people and people of color and women excited to go vote for the status quo. What if you pick someone like Bernie or Elizabeth Warren? You think that would help us? I think VP? it would help, but is it really going to make that much of a difference? I don't know. Uh, I'll evaluate that when it when it comes to uh, that point. For me, I'm crossing my fingers and doing everything I can to get an Elizabeth Warren or a Bernie or even a, a Castro elected. I think those three would be great. Buttigieg, nope. <laughs> so surprising that's in a way. But no, he's terrible. Yeah. Have you followed this guy? Yeah, I have. How do you feel about him? I mean, I like some things. Like, I like that he's a gay man. I mean, I think that's pretty cool. Gay, that's great. open man. I think that's what a lot of people are attracted to. Yeah. And I think they're ignoring uh, the other stuff that I don't like. That I probably, uh, he's not my first choice by far because of the other stuff. Yeah. I mean, the money situation, for yep. one. And I think he's too much of a uh, finger in the wind kind of guy. Yep. Um, yeah. He reminds me of Charlie Baker a lot. He's <laughs> finger in the wind. I, I am not convinced he has any principles beyond his own political winning, success. Winning, 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 yeah. that's all he wants. That's and what I, I say this as a queer woman. Um, Buttigieg does not represent the queer people I know. At all. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, did you hear about this Hallmark nonsense that came out? No. Long story short, a conservative group freaked out because one of uh, Lifetime's stupid movies had a lesbian kiss in a commercial for half a scene, and they boycotted it, and Lifetime removed the commercial. And Pete Buttigieg comes out, and he's like, you know, when I think about family values, I think about all our families, and through my love of the Lord, we all need to, to come and honor the family and put love first. It sounds great, but if you really, really think about what he's doing there, He's framing gay rights not in terms of the, the moral imperative we have to treat people fairly or how angry and frustrating it is to be a second-class citizen in your own country. He just frames it in this very conservative, palatable way. And I think it's why he's so out of step with most of the other people in the queer community. Interesting. Interesting takes. Yeah. Uh, 617-702-2542. 
is our phone number. Um, another big issue I want to ask you about, because this is, you know, impeachment is happening right now. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens. But if it goes what, you know, all the Washington pundits are saying that, uh, you know, he gets impeached in the House, that goes through the resolution, all the whole thing, and then it goes to the Senate, and the Senate, you know, votes along party lines, and he gets, right. he gets you know, totally off the hook with Trump. Um, and let's say he's reelected, oh. and now you're in office in, in 2021. There's so many other things that we could be looking at with this guy. Yeah. I mean, I look at uh, what's going on with his daughter yeah. and her son-in-law and all the money that they're making from China and yep. all these other things. Yep. There's a, so much corruption, even from like what he's doing with the Secret Service and, and the golf outings. This guy's making a lot of money. He's crooked. Off of our yeah. um, government yeah. budgets. Yeah. For himself, Donald yeah. Trump, um, what would you do? I mean, how how do you rein in the corruption? You know, in some of this too, I, th I think one of the things that uh, Democrats don't want to mention the uncomfortable truth, and this is goes to the uh, part about the Secret Service. Yeah, like one of the Trump scams right now is to go to a Trump property, stay for the weekend, and rent out all the rooms to the Secret Service. Yep, and he makes a lot of money renting out the rooms to the Secret Service. But I noticed that the Democrats in the House and, and the government really haven't said too much about it. Yeah. And I think why. Um, it's because the Clintons did the same thing. Mm -hmm. Bill Clinton and his wife even, like, built a house for the Secret Service to rent off of them. Really? Like, yeah. Like, they've done a lot of... I didn't know that. You know, oh. and this is kind of a common policy. Um, and it kind of makes sense. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything real shady about it in a way because... The Secret Service has to stay somewhere if they're going to guard you 24 seven. Right. And if you're in a private residence, they, you know, they have to pay. It doesn't, you know, mean the Clintons should be paying for it. But this is kind of, uh, I think, where it goes with with the Trump. A Trump is able to get away with it because the Clintons were doing it, the Bushes yeah. were doing it. So, so what do we do about this? Well, How do we stop this guy from just profiteering off of our government? Correct me if I'm wrong here. My understanding of this story is, uh, so in Ireland, Trump had a golf course in Ireland, right? So there was another vice presidential business that was like 60 minutes away. And they had Mike Pence and the entire Secret Service stay at this facility Way over here, it's a Trump facility for no reason. It's out of their way. It cost us, I believe, a couple million dollars, if I remember correctly, and they were ferrying back and forth to it, just blatantly, uh, like money in your own pocket. Uh, just absolutely terrible. Um, there is so much stuff to go after with this guy. Um, if by some horror he's reelected in 2020 and I'm in Congress there, you know, Congress is a co-equal branch of government it is not less powerful than the presidency. It's not more powerful. It's a co-equal branch of government. And I do think that oversight is incredibly important. So I would do everything I could to provide that oversight. That said, people are electing me not to go to Washington to fight Trump. They want health care taken care of. They want college taken care of. They want global warming taken care of. And that's my primary mission objective. What should, is there anything that we can do about the corruption issue? Because I feel like oh, that God. is the biggest issue in Washington, D.C. I think Trump was right about it, draining the swamp. Yeah. I feel like the problem is Trump is the swamp. <laughs> and I think that almost anyone who wins the presidency, unfortunately, <laughs> is part of the swamp. I don't think Obama was as much. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, 
Oh, I think you're dead on. I think you're absolutely right. I was reading an Atlantic piece with Tucker Carlson today. He himself, this is a guy that's like this close with white supremacy, in my opinion. And, you know, he's out there saying, you know what? The Republican Party is making all this money from the Sacklers and Oxycontin. And right. they're turning around and doing this. They're not operating in your best interest. This corruption all over Washington. If you think I'm going to go there and be a cheerleader for my own party, you're absolutely wrong. We got to stamp this nonsense out of our party as hard as the Republicans. And I think it's the problem is we elect people that become part of the system and they're more focused on their next election than doing the right thing. Look at Stephen Lynch. When has he taken a hard stand on anything for the people in his district? He wouldn't even vote for Obamacare. He voted for, uh, for the Iraq war. He's been silent on impeachment. He's been largely silent on Trump. He has failed to do any oversight. He's gotten nothing done. The, the one thing I've seen that Stephen Lynch has gotten done is he got Logan Airport to create a committee to write a plan to look and study the noise out of Logan Airport if that was affecting people in our district. That's something he got done. He created a committee. I think we need leaders that are going to look at the problem and get to the bottom what of it. What do you do about that issue? Because that's becoming something I'm, I'm seeing. Yeah. You know, more, more complaints about um, there was a plane that flew over, I think it was Milton, yeah. where they dropped like a life, uh, you know, the lifeboat really? or something. Something came off the plane and landed in someone's lawn. Oh my gosh, that's um, terrible. You know, they're in the flight path and, you know, this, there's this Logan Airport, like right in the heart of Boston, basically. Yeah. What do we do about it? Because people are still complaining about, you know, and, and, and it's tough to go, you know, it's tough for me to, to feel bad for them because you move there. But I also recognize that yeah. there's more and more flights going in and Absolutely. out of there. It's, yeah. it's something that, you know, you, you could deal with because it was limited before. And now it's just 24-7 the flights are coming in and out. So what do we do about Real that talk, issue? I think the long-term solution is we need to invest in new types of airplanes. Is that, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to, you know, every single time I fly to San Francisco, I did the math and it is the equivalent of throwing away 40,000 bottles of water. That much carbon is generated. So planes in the aggregate are actually a, it's a global warming issue. We need to look at. So we need to look at ways to transport people across the country that don't just involve airplanes. I'd love to see, uh, you know, Japan has these bullet trains. I would love to see a coast to coast train that I can get over there. Like we need to expand you know, rail. So I think if we will expand our national transportation nationwide, that would solve this problem greatly. Because right now, I don't have any other way to get to Sunnyvale. I want to bring up transportation because that's another issue oh, locally that it's just how know, housing and transportation. You talked about the MBTA earlier. What do we do about transportation just regionally and, and locally? Um, I live, what, 15 miles from Boston, but it takes me an hour, hour and a half. Oh, I mean, God. it's just each way, no matter what. I mean, so bottom line, let's just really be straight here. Every single local official in Boston is failing on this issue. And I encourage people to look at this issue and start voting some people out because they're not getting it done. My own opponent, Stephen Lynch, has completely failed to bring in Department of Transportation grants. Here in Massachusetts, we spend so much more. We give away so much more federal money than we get back. I want to see us fight like hell for our fair share, get some TOT, DOT grants, Department of Transportation grants, and fix the T. 
we can't pay the entire nation's taxes for them if we can't get to work. So that seems like a very reasonable investment for our state. So we need federal leadership there. God knows we need uh, local leadership because the governor's office has a lot more power uh, than Congress does over that. Um, We've got to get it done. Um, you know, when I, I got to tell you, Mike, when I went out to the, uh, the Women's March, uh, the protest when Trump was elected, I used to live in D.C. when I was in my 20s. And uh, I went out there, and I was looking at the Silver Line. And they had expanded and improved it in ways since the decade I'd lived there that blew my mind. It was miles better. The trains were better, more stations, faster coverage. It had gotten better. The T is worse today than when I moved to Boston. Nothing's getting done. So at the end of the day, if I'm running a studio and someone's failing to get their job done, they get fired. And I think it's time for us to start firing some politicians in Massachusetts. 617-702-2542. I would say Charlie Baker, number the governor, one. is at the yeah, top let's, of the list. Let's, there are some state senators that are just as guilty as him, in my opinion. It's also the bureaucracy, you know, so... There we go. Um, just uh, checking out some comments, too. Um, oh, I see. It's, it's John. Yes. John. Same John who uh, commented earlier. I have a friend who pays $13,000 uh, for a year at UMass Amherst oh. for her daughter. That's after a lot of financial aid. Yeah. That's Ridiculous. the good price. <laughs> yeah. It's disgusting. Uh, it should be free. It, sh- it should absolutely be free. Um, I, you know, it's, it just blows my mind. There are people out there, we're going to have to retrain people, Mike. The truth is the United States economy is changing. Uh, I believe that the robot that takes your job should pay your taxes for you. So as, uh, you know, automated uh, driving systems are coming to fruition and taking over trucking jobs in this country, I think that they should pay into the Social Security and Medicare systems. But there are going to be people who need to go back to work to get retrained because they're going to want to do something with their lives. And they need a path to go do that. So do you think that the universal income is, is something that you would support as well? I'm absolutely a supporter of this. Um, what, I, what I like about Andrew Yang is he's looked at... Um, the way your data and my data is used uh, by these large corporations, and there's a large monetary value on it. And he has a plan to go forward and tax Amazon when they use it and tax Facebook when they use it and tax the government when they use that, da- that data. You know, tax me when I use it to, to run ads on Facebook for people. I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, it, what really frustrates me, Mike, is so many of our party elites. I see people that they're like, oh, $1,000 a month. That's, that's not a lot of money. That doesn't matter. That is such an obnoxious thing to say. How many people do you know that you're friends with that $1,000 would make a big difference? That's in what I was life? wondering. Yeah. Because I, I like the idea of it, but I like $1,000 a month. I mean, I think it would help me. I think it would help a lot of people, actually. Yeah. But it wouldn't cover everything. Of course it would. Um, but when you want to give up your other benefits, that's what I kind of worry no, about his no. plan. Then I really agree with that. If you're saying, look, you either got $1,000 a month or we have the rest of the, you know, the social safety net, hell no. No. No, non-starter, would never that's vote what, for that's it. What I'm Terrible saying. idea. But if we're talking about expanding it, what I like about UBI is, you know, parents of autistic children, 
right? right. They have a difficult full-time job and they are not compensated that's for right. it. I want people out there that if they want to create art, if yeah, they want right. to raise their children, that's, if they want to start again, a podcast. We mentioned that earlier, the yeah. small businesses. Of course. Imagine the small businesses it of would create. Because it would give people the courage. I got a thousand. I only need this much more. Right. Uh, also, you'd see housing. You'd see prices start to come down because people would say, okay, if I get two roommates, I can live in an apartment for X number of dollars. You would see housing start to specialize in meeting the needs of that kind of client. So I just, I think what I like about UBI is it's not a panacea for every problem that we have, but it is a floor that you can't fall beneath. And you know, uh, your caller, John, he called and he kind of alluded to sometimes when people get uh, unemployment insurance, there's shame associated right. with that. What I like about UBI is you just get it. Right. There's no shame Everyone in it. Everyone gets it. You're guaranteed it. And something we all get is something we all treasure. And I just think that's a, it's a smart policy. I think we should definitely do it. I'm, I'm down for it, especially when we give uh, like almost a trillion dollars to right. defense programs yeah. and the Space yeah. Force. Yeah, Space Force. What a joke. What uh, is this, the Star Wars? Uh, I, I don't know. It's just crazy. Um, we, we had some more comments, too. I want to read uh, Grant Smith uh, had a question, but the question was already answered. So <laughs> it was about expungement. See, yeah. I told you they wanted yeah, to, yeah, yeah. a bunch of them. Uh, but he also mentioned uh, Alex Jones, which uh, <laughs> I just wanted to mention. Is he, this what people think about when they think about my campaign, the Alex Jones lawsuit? Well, I think when I, we bring it up, it's, yeah. it's always fun to talk about. He yeah. says it's crazy. He can't believe how much Alex Jones makes uh, up to like $100 million a year Well, I'm, or whatever it is. I mean, I, I think I'm misquoting him because I think I just lost the quote. But yep. uh but he was mentioning he makes a crazy yeah. amount of money yeah. off of just telling BS. Yeah. And selling like uh, ads to homeopathic uh, drug solutions, which are yeah. not going to help well, anyone. And bomb right? shelters. That was bomb shelters. And the Berkey water filter oh, and the, all the survival, oh. the end times are coming. He's, you know, uh, are you a Homeland fan? No. So they had Alex Jones, a take on Alex Jones oh, as the central villain for the last two seasons. It was amazing. Oh, great. So it was great. I'll probably have to check that out. It's a good show. I'm it's, more into, uh, yeah. the, I, I don't watch a lot of TV shows at all. Yeah? I really don't. Um, I I've had a little, strep this week. I've I watched, watched a little a WWE yeah. wrestling. Oh, but, yeah. You know, you know I, I, for the most part, I don't watch too much TV. Yeah. Sometimes the you know, little Patriot stuff, but... Mostly I watch uh, the new show that Carm and I have been starting to watch yeah. all the time. Is called The Purge. <gasps> I love that show. That's, That's so, so good. good. The it's movies good. are good. Yeah. It's so amazing. Do they have movies on it too? The Purge seen. movies? Yeah. yeah. These, are, these are hit hard See, I, movies. I, I saw the season one I really liked. Season two is unbelievable. Yeah. And that's this Tuesday night, the finale. I can't oh, wait. Oh, really? Yeah. It's totally violent though. It's, yeah. it's crazy. USA has some good stuff on. They've got Mr. Robot. That's my number one favorite I can't show, figure that so. show out. I've watched that show before and I'm like, I have no idea what the hell is going on on this it's, just, it's very stanley kubrick yeah but it's so weirdly paced it feels so, like if you yeah. don't watch from the very beginning oh yeah you're like lost. you're yeah. lost yeah. so yeah. That's, i agree with that. I, I i don't have enough time for those types of shows i, I get it i yeah. get it oh i just kind of like if it's on tv i'm the old fuddy-duddy with a remote control <laughs> still we don't even use the old demand you know demand you know we just yeah i'm i gotta tell you i shouldn't say i'm a fuddy-duddy i shouldn't say it's on the air but i i cut the cord we have no cable oh, really we have not and it's sometimes We're like ridiculous. Boston news journalists will be like, you watch my show, right? And I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watch traditional TV all the time. Because, no, it's I cut the cord. So and many people have. They, Everyone has. They should find a way to put that on a way where you can get it on a modern on Apple TV or YouTube or well, something. Well, you know, you have the antennas now. 
oh, that God. you can pick it up on, and it's like high depth antenna. It's like really? the thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you have multiple. So like, if I ever cut the cord, I'm getting one of the antennas. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you can pick up a lot of channels I'll, with the I'll antenna. I'll look at now. that. Now that I have a house, that would work. They yeah. updated yeah. it, yeah. and it's like it's good stuff. Yeah. So when now we're talking about TV. Interesting. <laughs> I'm a well-rounded woman, Mike. I can talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to ask you another question because uh, TV, radio, we mentioned the FCC. There's a story that just came out, and this happens a lot now. It's been going on for decades in Boston especially. And one of our guests uh, that comes on is a friend of the show. He's like a big-time morning urban radio host in Boston. <laughs> really? But it's pirate radio. Awesome. And he's, like, famous, and uh, he comes on the show, and he, he's, like, the voice of urban black Boston, honestly. Awesome. Um, and there's these pirate radio stations that still exist, and the FCC is trying to shut them down and, and put them in jail for 30 years and fine what? them $30 million. And a lot of times it's the urban. It's 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 people of color, right? Because they can't afford to buy an FCC regulated business, right. yeah. Um, a radio station. There aren't enough spots on the dial. How do we change that? How do we get, um, you know, Haitian stations and urban stations and Dominican stations, and to represent the yeah. new populations that are here that don't have radio? And and I, I mean, even me, I'm a white guy. Yeah, I grew up here. I don't like enough of the stations i feel like too much of the stations are just crap yeah. how do we get stuff that's more representative of the people and the listeners and the community that's actually here instead of just having uh two stations of uh, sports talk radio yeah. a news station and you know right-wing radio for the most part yeah. i mean that's all that you find yeah so i would say this uh you know uh, radio spectrum Radio spectrum engineering is not my specialty, so I don't know that much about it. But as I as I currently understand it, we have ways to do low frequency, more local things in a way that don't disturb other radio stations. That's accurate, isn't it? Yes, but I think there's some issues with that as well. Right. So I, I guess I would say to your friend, like, please come talk to me. I'd love to understand this issue more. Um, this is the beauty of writing for office. You learn about all kinds of stuff you just have never thought about. Um, I, and it I, seems I, like I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because the yeah. FCC has done some things recently yeah. to try to address this. And one of the things was the licensing for the low-powered right. frequency. And I think uh, some of the issues... How much does it cost? Do you know? I don't know. I'd love to know, you know? that. Yeah. And, and I... And I think one of the issues that they have is they feel like they're not reaching enough people. Like, I feel like right. the, low, the low frequency, it may be, I, and again, I don't know enough either. I, yeah. I would have to hear from them yeah. why, why there are pirates when, you know, there are some other new options. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's also pretty cool being a radio pilot. I probably shouldn't pirate. And some of them yeah. have been going for 25, 30 That's years. Awesome. You know, locally, oh, my gosh. So. Yeah, um, it seems to me there should be a space for local communities to get their message out. And if we're not giving them a space for that, that's a regulatory failing, in my opinion. Again, uh, we're the Young Jerks, and it's Brianna Wu. She's running for 8th Congressional District, uh, U.S. Congress, against uh, the incumbent. Uh, where are the cities and towns that people can vote for you if they don't know? Oh, my gosh, so many of them. Uh, so I live in Dedham. We have a gorgeous house on Dedham on Needham Street. If you ever uh, see my sign out there, you can come knock on the door, say hello. I'm a pretty friendly person. Uh, you can do it in, uh, there's also Westwood, there's Norwood, there's Quincy, obviously. There's Hull, there's a small part of Boston, there's a tiny part of West Roxbury. <laughs> Basically, um, here, can I draw on this for a yeah. second? So... This is the district. This is Boston. Okay, so this map right here, this is Dedham, 
This is Quincy, this is Bridgewater down there. If you live in this part of Boston, you can probably vote for me. <laughs> there you go. Uh, again, I'm phone number 617-702-2542. I had a couple other questions. Um, one is an issue that I saw you bring up, and it was funny because you were looking at the difference between cannabis in mm -hmm. your town versus yep. buying guns. Yeah. And then they were opening a new gun shop. Yep. Where are you on the gun issue? And tell us about that situation, too. Oh, God, it's such a mess. So Denim, uh, we basically have somebody that came in and has opened up a gun store in our community. And, you know, I'm not one of these liberals that believes in a complete prohibition of guns. I, I want some reasonable laws and some reasonable restrictions with this. But this guy is selling, like, flat-out assault weapons. This guy is, like, just being crude and irresponsible from all the advertisements I personally have seen in the way he's represented himself. And he just, frankly, didn't feel like he, he represented our town very well. Um, you'll love this story, Mike. So my husband is, he does patent law, and he started looking at all the regulations about this, and he found out that the gun store that was opening in Dedham was violating the Americans with Disabilities Act with the parking spaces. And we brought all these diagrams and laws to the town saying this shop can't open because this breaking this law. And ultimately, they just chose to ignore it and give them a waiver anyway, which I think is going to cost some people in future elections. But long story short, you can buy uh, assault weapons in my town and you can't uh, buy uh, marijuana. So I think it's a real tragedy. It's crazy. It's stupid. I'm, I'm, I don't know about you uh, listeners because I know some people do like their guns. But I'd be more, much more afraid of having a gun, living next to a gun shop yeah. than a cannabis dispensary by far. Yeah. No questions asked. Mike, I grew up in Mississippi. I can take apart a Glock right. and field strip it with my eyes closed. I've shot rifles. I'll never forget being a child, you know, 11 years old, and I go to summer camp. And they're just like, they're passing out 22 rifles to all of us, giving it to all these kids to just walk and go shoot uh, targets. Like, I'm comfortable with guns. I think you should have a gun if you're willing to do what we do, do in Massachusetts, have mandatory safety training, have it licensed, and go through these background you know, steps to make sure it's safe. I don't think weapons of war belong in uh, the public's hand. It belongs in specialists that have been trained hands. And... I, it just seems very common sense to me. Excellent. Uh, we're speaking of Brianna Wu. Uh, I guess one of our last questions, this will probably be the last question. Um, federal government has been, you know, FBI, you know, the, the crime fighters, they've spent a lot of time investigating Muslims. Yeah. Extreme extremists, what, you know, jihadists. They call black people ide black identity extremists yes. in some of their documents. So they've spent most of their time over the last decades going after them. Yep. Um, but more recently, yep. the real thing I'm afraid of is this white supremacy, yeah. uh, these gangs. And, yeah. and, and specifically, they've been uh, targeting mosques, they've been targeting synagogues, they've been ta targeting progressive people. There's been a lot of white supremacy violence. And if you don't believe me, look it up. I mean, yeah. even where we live on the North Shore, there's been targeting... Um, you know, there, there's been there was a bomb uh, that blew up uh, a gay pride, a gay a gay magazine, their their newsstand in Salem, um, which could have killed somebody. 
There's been spray painting and Jewish graffiti on the Jewish synagogues. Yep. I mean, right in my town, uh, there's been it's incidents, it's and it's disgusting. been going ongoing. You know, schools and walls, and just, just there's a lot of hate, and that's that's very minor, honestly. I feel like on the scale of killing people, yeah. of harassing people, showing up at their homes, which is also been happening, like. There's documentation of a lot of murders yeah. around these white supremacy gangs, these Nazi gangs yep. that still exist. Yep. Would, what would you do to get the federal government to, to take that more seriously yep. and, and like they do for the jihadists? Like they, they focus so much on the Muslim situation. And what, my real fear is the white supremacists. And you're correct to be worried about that. Domestic terror groups yeah. are the biggest threat, in my opinion, like... It's not like Muslim terrorists we need to be worried about. You are exponentially more likely to be killed by a domestic terrorist. Ask Heather Hayer's family, um, who was murdered in Charlottesville by a, by a Nazi. Um, this is a very serious, very serious um, uh, topic. And I have firsthand experience with this. You know, the same people behind these white supremacy act, this is Gamergate. These are extremists that made me a national figure. So I've been fighting these guys for a long time. Two things. First, it is true that Congress doesn't tell the FBI what to go investigate very properly. That's not our job. But I do think we need to fund and mandate special groups within the FBI to prosecute domestic terrorism. I don't care if you're a Republican, Libertarian, unaffiliated, nonpartisan. We don't need crazy people with guns and bombs like committing domestic terrorism. That is a no-brainer. We've also got to give, as far as I can tell, these uh, domestic terrorists, you know, they, are, they are training. They are meeting with each other. Um, they're using the tools my field has built to, to Facebook, recruit Twitter, people. Yeah. 4chan, 4chan, yeah, exactly. Reddit, Reddit to a lesser degree, Discord, yeah, Discord has been very popular with these. I'm not, I use Discord all the time. I'm not saying if you use it, you're a white supremacist, obviously. What I am saying is my industry has a responsibility to think about the way the things we build are used. And we have failed that test over and over and over again. So I do think we need to look more at my field and say, you know, when Facebook is extremely negligent in the way they handle these things, are they civilly liable? I believe that they are. And I think if we open them up to civil liability, maybe they'll start doing the right things and maybe we'll stop getting children so radicalized. One last thing I gotta say on this, Mike, I've talked to so many parents in my district and they're like, my 12-year-old, they are reading this stuff online, and they're starting to develop some scary opinions. Yeah, I'm, I'm really worried about this. They're correct to be afraid. Historically, I grew up in Mississippi. I've seen a lot of hate. Hate groups traditionally start by radicalizing young people. And I think that technology is very much uh, enabling that. So I think if we get the tech industry to do the right thing, and we mandate the FBI and say, look, if you want this cash, you've got to make sure you have a division to do A, B, C, and D. And I think that would greatly cut down on it. I hope you get in Congress, because this <laughs> is the stuff that I feel like you would be such a breath of fresh air up there, someone who actually knows what the heck they're talking about. Mike, I want to serve on the Science, Space, and Tech Committee in Congress. Right now, there are 15 people there. 
One of the former people serving the tech committee was Marsha Blackburn, who has a degree in home economics, yeah. <laughs> setting our internet and tech policy for the United States. Well, who gets a degree anymore? I bet is she that went, degree even exists? She home went economics? to my mom's college, Mississippi yeah. State, yeah, believe I it or when. not. Yeah. Do you think home economics is still at a major? I, I have no idea. I didn't, I didn't see it when I signed up. My, my point is there are 15 people on the Science, Space, and Technology Committee. We can do so much good on cybersecurity, on net neutrality, on the tech industry, on our privacy. We don't need all of Congress to get this. We need eight people in Congress to get this. So I promise you, when I'm serving in Congress, we're going to get so much done on tech policy. It's going to be amazing. We're looking forward to it. Yep. Brianna Wu for U.S. Congress, 8th Congressional District. You have a website and all I that? I do. So here's the thing. If you like anything I've said today, uh, you know, uh, Kamala Harris dropped out of the race. And there are a lot of people that liked her. She was on my B list, I'm going to be honest with you, but I thought she was solid. But people didn't support her, and she had to drop out. Anyone running for office is the exact same way. So if you like anything I've said today and you want to see my voice in this race, I need you to go to supportbrianna.com. Our average donation, I believe, is $21, so that's pretty good. So if you can throw in $20 for 2020, we sure would appreciate and that. And it's Brianna? Supportbrianna.com. Support Brianna. Or if you want to read more about my positions, that's Brianna Wu for Congress. Brianna Wolf of Congress dot com. com. That's it. Perfect. And you also, I know, because so I'm you like following, it, you got a Facebook page yeah. and a Twitter. I, I'm much more active on Twitter, if you yeah. can't tell. Yeah. So, yeah. And you're, you're like famous on Twitter. I, I do pretty well. And what so. is it on uh, Brianna Wu on Twitter? Uh, Brianna Wu yep. on Twitter. Perfect. Brianna Wu. You know, my Facebook page, we got good stuff this cycle. I ignored it last time because I want to be on Twitter. We, we update it every day. So. Awesome. Yep. All right. Uh, we're the Young Jerks. Mike Crawford, check it out. Um, I just want to say next week we're, we're taking off a live show. We haven't taken off a show in really? quite some time. So it's, you know, a couple of days before Christmas. I figure I give uh, producer Murphy the weekend off so he can spend it with his family and his wife. Right, Murph? Thanks, but thanks, buddy. That's you've, been exa- you've been working hard. Hey, you know, the show's got to happen. Show's like a month happen. ago, I threw a microphone and you stuck with me. So I think it's a give you a week off for Christmas. You know, and we've made some improvements along the way. Oh, we're so. kicking butt out now, aren't we? We are. Yeah, the trick that we have for my show is we have three hosts. So when one of us gets busy or wants a day off, the other two just produce the show and it just. Yeah, keeps but then going I won't forward. like them. I'll be yeah. like, oh, I can't stand when they host. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I couldn't let anyone else do it. Sometimes we have guest fill-ins. We yeah. had Calvin. We had Mike Conley. Mike Conley, when he was running for office, yeah, yeah, he yeah. filled in one week. He was a guest co-host of the show. We have had some, but it's only you know once in a while when I'm really in a bind. But sometimes we just say, you know what. We need a week off, yeah. and and we're gonna end it big. We got we got a big. We're gonna end up with a big uh, last show of the year. Love it. But I also want to mention, when we take a week off, we're still doing stuff. Make yeah. sure you're following us on iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Look us up, the Young Jerks. Follow us, subscribe to us, rate us, and review, because we have gotten a lot of new followers on there. We're starting to chart on some of those, and we really appreciate the people who have subscribed, rated, and review, especially on iTunes. But any of those places you listen to your podcast, because I guarantee you, we will have a lot more content over, over the next two weeks before we come back and do a live show on that podcast. We always do. We just posted one this morning. Um, so make sure you're also subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes. And check out our website as well, midnightmass.substack.com. You can subscribe two different ways. You can uh, Everyone should uh, put their email and subscribe that way. Uh, that's a free subscriber. You can also uh, 
kick in a little money if you want yeah. each month. Five dollars a month to support what we do. On and, Patreon? Uh, nope. It's uh, midnightmass.substack.com. Got it. Yeah. That's our new way. We we had an old Patreon, but we've kind of migrated to this website. Yeah. We like it a lot more. We can uh, post a lot of articles there. We have a lot of uh, different reporters now. So if you want to support us there, $5 a month. Um, you or you do can that. do the yearly. You can purchase the yearly subscription there. But can I tell you why I read your stuff all the time? Yes. I swear to God this is true. Boston Globe is good. you got to read the Globe. WBUR does great stuff. You talk about issues that they don't give a damn about. And I'm a better candidate for reading your stuff. You make me aware of issues, and you make me a better candidate from reading your stuff. So I, I'm Brianna Wu, and I approve this message. Thank you. Absolutely. Good. And I would say, again, I would bring it back to our community, our listeners, because that's great. where I learn so much, and our guests. Yeah. Like, you know, I learn a lot about this stuff from just show, um, but as, as well as the contributors we're talking about. So it's also a way the community can give us feedback um, by subscribing to midnightmass.substack.com, especially if you become a $5 uh, member. Then you can post comments. You can respond to it as well. And you can be part of the community there. Uh, you know, it's a big part of it now. Um, I also want to mention our Twitter, at The Young Jerks, and our love Facebook it. page, at The Young Jerks. Uh, we love all the support there as well. And I, last thing I want to mention today is that, uh, yeah, we're definitely growing. Uh, we want to thank uh, someone who's contributing to the show now, um, canaprovisions.com. Check them out. They're a dispensary group. Out in Western Mass, Lee, Massachusetts, they're open right now. Oh. They have the largest selection of legal flour in Massachusetts, basically. They have more strains available, recreational, than anyone else in the state. Uh, they're carrying a lot of product, a lot of uh, different businesses. They're the company that wants to s support small businesses. They're a dispensary, and they're supporting our show. They're helping pay our rent. Uh, it started by Eric, uh, who was an activist advocate for cannabis way back. I've known him for 20 years, Eric oh, Williams, wow. and his wife, Meg Sanders. Um, so I want to give them a huge shout-out and uh, thank them for supporting the Young Jerk Show, cannaprovisions.com. Thank you so much for your contribution and your support of our show. And uh, we'll expect more of that, too, because... Uh, we, you know, we're working on a lot. Let's yeah. put it that way. And uh, we want to thank our audience, our listeners, our callers, everyone who shares the show. Expect more from us. Yeah. Especially in 2020. Yeah. This, is, this is the big year. This going to be a big year. And I want to thank Brianna Wu, and I want to uh, wish you the best. Thank you. And your congressional run. I really mean uh, this every time I come we'll here. It's one of my favorite uh, things in media to do in Boston. So thanks for having me. Awesome. I appreciate it. And, yeah. uh, and we hope to have you back again. I will be back. You just call me on the bat phone. I'll show on up. <laughs> All right. We'll, we're out of here, young jerks. I'd say we'll see you next Sunday, but we'll see you sooner on the podcast. And in two weeks, we'll be back here live uh, uh, for a Sunday show. Uh, we, we'll, we're going to have some special guests. We're going to not announce it yet, but it's our last show of the year. Yeah. So it'll be something special. Oh, big. Yeah. I'm curious now. i got to find out what this is. Yes. Yeah. We'll see you then. Young Jerks, thank you, people. Woo out. <laughs> the Young Jerks would like to thank... Canna Provisions, a legal recreational dispensary, cannabis dispensary in Lee, Massachusetts, for their financial support of the Young Jerks program and podcast. Thank you, Canna Provisions. CannaProvisionsGroup.com, the widest selection of flour and cannabis products of any dispensary 
in Massachusetts. Canaprovisionsgroup.com.